podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. Hey, it's Bill, and you're tuned in to Three Questions in a Song, the podcast where the title should say it all, except for some reason I can't count. This is episode number 76, if I remember correctly. I may not. <laughs> With me tonight is Sean O'Donnell from Six Somatic, also known as the Pittsburgh Bagpiper. <laughs> yep. And um, I was going to say, you told me you had some other stage names too that I'm not aware of. So if you want to throw <laughs> those out, you can do that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think those are the only stage names at the moment. But um, yeah. It's, it's, there's been a few over the years uh i played with a group called truth and advertising i played with a group um called the the farm gold ensemble or the farm gold trio depending on how many of us there are um uh and yeah probably some others okay so as i told you off the air and in the intro i'm not really good at counting to three so we'll see how many we end up with tonight (laughs) very good um so let's go with the first question. How how did you begin playing bagpipes? Like like where, where did that come from? <laughs> um so I I mean I grew up in the area and my uncle was actually a drummer in a bagpipe band. He he had been in like drum and bugle corps and um ended up playing in a bagpipe band in the 80s. And when I was 7, um you know we would go see him march in the parades because who doesn't, you know, take the seven-year-old to a parade. And um, I thought the bagpipe bands were really cool and um, especially the bagpipes. So uh, my parents started me on lessons with the the pipe major, John Duxbury. um, And I started taking lessons from him and uh, just kept at it, sometimes willingly, sometimes with a lot of encouragement from my parents. So um, thanks to them for for pushing me and, and making me stick with it when I didn't want to necessarily. And um, yeah, just continued from there and uh, joined a bagpipe band, competed and played in parades and stuff and in concerts with that band and competed um, by myself, you know, as a solo performer up and down the, the East coast of the U S and in um, parts of Eastern Canada and 30 some years later, still doing it. Um. And uh, not to jump ahead, but I'm going to slightly. Um, the song that you sent us to feature tonight is kind of an electronica track. Um, with, is that an? Did you say it was an electronic bagpipe in there? Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, I, I play the the bagpipes that you see marching in parades and stuff, but um, there there are also electronic bagpipes that um, there's uh, like probably six or seven at least um, that I can think of off the top of my head. And um, many of them have MIDI capability. Um, So you can, you know, plug it into anything that has a a MIDI in uh, port. And um, there's a really couple really great apps that have really good bagpipe sounds that let me do things with the bagpipes that I couldn't do with a traditional set. Um. What other, I mean, clearly there's more instrumentation going on in that track. Yeah. Um, what what else What else do you play? Um, I play, I mean, guitar, bass guitar. Um, I play keyboards. I do a lot of programming now. Um, I cannot play the drums for the life of me, but I can program them half decently, I guess. Um, and I think 
Yeah, I think those are the only instruments really that I play. I have a couple others, um, much to my my wife's chagrin, but um, I haven't learned to play those yet. <laughs> um, if you if you can meet your musical idol, but only ask one question. First of all, who is going to be sitting down with you, and what question are you going to ask them? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think just for the for the the sake of the conversation, I'd probably go with Brian Eno, just because I think he could talk to so many different aspects of what I'm curious about and what I want to know. Um, what I'd ask him. Um, Jeez. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess why? <laughs> like a, a nice, broad, open-ended question that would just let him and just let him go. talk. <laughs> and he could probably go on for, you know, hours, I imagine. Um, what is the coolest venue you've ever played at? I have a feeling that you've played at some places that, a normal musician that I would talk to has not. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I mean, I've in my rock or like, I don't know, normal or regular music, um, (laughs) career. Like I've played at some, some good venues around Pittsburgh. Um, you know, the Rex club cafe, um, but with the bagpipes, you're right. I mean, playing the bagpipes in a, in a traditional setting, um, I get, I get to play at a lot of weddings, funerals, um, special events. Um, I don't, one of the coolest gigs that I did in, in, in the venue was at the, um, I think it's called the Pittsburgh Botanical Garden. So it's, it's not fifths, but it's the one that's in the South Hills. And, um, it wasn't fully open yet, but it was uh, a really nice place. And it was for a, a, a mock, wedding um it was right whenever prince william and um duchess catherine were getting married so they had their own mock wedding and there was a there was a beatles cover band that you know that had the the haircuts or wigs at least and the suits and everything um and you know just a a lot of decadence and it was pretty cool night um who's your dave Grohl? And what I mean by that is what musician would you want to get up on stage with and play one of their songs? Um, oh man. Uh, I, I would love to, I, I really love fish. I, I would love to play, um, to get on stage and, and like jam on the bagpipes with fish. Um, I think that would be really cool. See, we're at three already. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do multiples of three, right? Yeah, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> um there we go. If if I was I'm I'm a teacher, which you probably did not know, but I used to teach social studies. And if okay. I was flipping through a social studies book and I found Sean O'Donnell in that book, why would you be there? <laughs> um well so far for nothing nefarious, so that's good. Um <laughs> but uh I, ideally it would be for um i mean it would it would be for the bagpipes um and i would hope it would be for you know doing something different with the bagpipes um like i i know i'm not the best bagpiper in the world or even the best bagpiper in pittsburgh um 
but I'm a really good one. And I like to, I'm trying to do different things with the bagpipes. So, um, you know, hopefully that would get noticed and broaden the appeal of the bagpipes in general. And also, you know, get other people interested in thinking differently about the bagpipes instead of just, you know, amazing grace and Scotland, the brave and parades and funerals. Um, so on the last episode with Caleb, um, we, we, and when I say we, it was mostly me trying to figure out exactly what you call a person who plays the bagpipes. Cause you know, like you have a pianist and you have right. a vocalist, you have a guitarist and a keyboardist. What bagpipist doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, uh, I like that though. Bagpiperist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've, I've used some facetiously over the years. I think, um, Generally, I mean, we refer to ourselves as pipers, like he's a fine piper is what we would say um, in the bagpipe world. So piper or bagpiper. Um, but, you know, that's that's what it is now. Who's to say it? Bagpiperist uh, could, couldn't we, be the next, you know. We, we just started it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hashtag bagpiperist. So get that I'm, going. I'm definitely going to put that online. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, me too. Um. So when I first contacted you, I didn't realize that that you were six somatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I contacted you um, when I saw that you were listed as the Pittsburgh bagpipes, and I was like, "I need to talk to him." And then when you sent me your your stuff, and I was like, "Ah, I already play his music." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> small world. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I've been I, for a long time. Those two worlds have have not really collided for me um uh like i you know I, I like i said i do like the bagpipes i do like the, the weddings the funerals um i used to compete and all that stuff and then i would make music and it would be weird and you know folk and psychedelic rock influenced um and over the years i would occasionally like throw in the bagpipes on like maybe like one track an album just just to do it um but it's, it's the I think I've started to become more comfortable with um, myself as a bagpiper and kind of accepting that instead of um, accepting that into the the other part of the other musical things that I want to do, the other musical endeavors. And um, so, yeah, it's um, they're kind of finally making their way together. Um, Have you ever been approached by other musicians to play on tracks with them? kind yeah um yeah there's a a musician named matt hughes um that i i met working at the pittsburgh renaissance festival and um he has he has a lot of um a lot of acts that he does um he's a pirate one and an irish music one and probably a couple others and um i played bagpipes on one of his actually i think on two of his tracks now that i think about it because when we were at the ren fest we used to play um, he used to come over when I was playing sometimes and we'd jam on a, a little medley of, I think it was Scotland, the brave um, whiskey in the jar and rising of the moon or wearing of the green. And um, so I think I, I, I did lay down that track for him. Um, and then there was another song that he wrote. Uh, it was an original one. I think it was called had strawberry in the title and I, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember it at the time or at the moment, but um, I also played on that. Um, and I think that's it as far as, you know, actual recordings, but I've been 
lucky enough to um i played on stage with gene the werewolf uh 12 or 13 years ago um they played at um it was diesel i don't know what it's called now foxtail or something like that um it was over like the between christmas and new year's and they had this opening track that um that gene um had envisioned having bagpipes on so that was really cool and i i should have thought about that one whenever you asked some of the about the cool venues but um yeah that was really exciting um anyone not from the pittsburgh area um gina werewolf is kind of i would you call him a regional act i mean he's fairly like he gets played on dv yeah definitely um, regional so um he's definitely i don't i'm i'm not <laughs> He's well known in this area. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I mean, he whenever like the big big name acts come through, if, if they're the kind that would get a local opener, he would probably open for them. Um, and we do have a couple of, of Gene Werewolf tracks on Build the Scenes um, radio playlist as well. If anyone wants to go check that out later, um, yeah, good stuff. I have not interviewed him though. I should cool. probably I should probably <laughs> work on that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Um. But if if he came across the DeLorean <laughs> with his door open and it has a flux capacitor in it, and you can go back in time and hang out with any musician in the history of the world, who are you going to hang out with? Oh man, um, uh, this is probably sounds like a, a cop out, but probably probably Jerry Garcia. Um, we have the same birthday, so I've always thought that was really cool, but, um, I do really love his music and just, uh, like reading his interviews. Um, he was just, he seemed like a really cool guy to like hang out with and just talk about music or art or life or whatever for hours and hours. So, um, that would be pretty cool. Um, if you could play at any venue in the world with, um, any band um, who who do you want to play with and, and where um, this is based solely on just seeing pictures but I would love to play at the Gorge in George Washington um, it's an outdoor venue that's on the on the precipice of a gorge and it's just phenomenal like it just looks so cool um, and yeah that would be awesome to play there uh, I I, I think it sounds good there so hopefully that's um i wouldn't come to regret it but um uh who would i play with i don't know i think it'd be really cool to play i mean this has nothing to do with the gorge but um and i don't want to use fish again but i think it would be really cool to play with roxy music um like brian you know era that would be pretty badass um so people who have listened to my shows know that probably the most famous musician that I've ever interacted with is Gene Simmons. Um, I've also interviewed Cordell Crockett from Ugly Kid Joe and John Bechtel from Ministry. Cool. Um, have you interacted with any famous musicians? Um, kind of. I mean, I, so I, I, I have a journalism background and so I freelanced, um, so like 15, 16 years ago. And I got to interview Robert Schneider from the apples and stereo, which was a blast. Um, if, if anybody has ever 
heard him speak or, or seen them live. Um, he's just like, he's just, he's a, a brilliant person and just so effusive and, and just, just like such a fun guy to talk to and just so much energy and positivity. And I mean, I, I thank God I was um, recording the interview because he was just going so fast. There was no way that I could have written down any notes or anything that he said. Um, and I also got to interview Kevin Barnes from of Montreal, which was um, fun, but not, <laughs> not as fast paced and exciting as Robert. <laughs> um, oh, and there was a, actually a bagpipe gig that I played at that. Um, I don't remember what the, the gig was exactly, but it was at a, a golf course and um, the entertainment that night was Donnie Iris. So I got to have dinner with Donnie Iris, which was really cool. That, that's another Pittsburgh musician that I have not <laughs> talked to yet. There's okay. some, some higher, higher up names that are still on my, my to-do list. Yeah. Um, the uh, um, Granati brothers. Yeah. Um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? He wrote stuff with, um, with Bruce, with Bruce. Grushecki? Yes, thank you. Grushecki, um, yeah. His guitarist has been on the Pennsylvania Rock Show, though. Oh, um, cool. Um, but there, there are a few that I still have to reach out to. Um, PA Rock Show, I just recorded episode number 612. So as you can imagine, I have talked to a lot of musicians. Yes. This one is episode 76. And then we have uh, Friendly Fire, which is a live show that we do on XRP radio.co.uk which is on its 10th episode so cool <clears throat> but um yes um this show is a baby it this is a, i think it's third year whereas pa rock show started in 2004 <laughs> cool i'm glad to get it on the ground floor <laughs> um uh, funny story about this show i was like five episodes in before my wife knew it existed <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate um, that. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to keep keep doing it, and I didn't want to have that conversation because I wasn't <laughs> sure that she was going to be on the oh okay side of it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's <laughs> a fine line. <laughs> but uh, I may have said something in front of my son about doing it, and I was like, "Well, I guess I better tell her now." Okay. Cats out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. What? So Metallica played at Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And Kiss played in the ocean to sharks. <laughs> What's a creative place that you would th- think would be pretty cool to play at? Huh. Um, Not with sharks, right? <laughs> no. No. Um, I read that article. I was like, what? <laughs> Man, um, this this is probably hyper local um, and and maybe kind of weird, but there's so in Pittsburgh there's an old train station that's no longer used, um, or this part of it at least is no longer used as the train station. It's part of a building called the Pennsylvanian, which is now I think some offices and apartments, but. Um, when you, I, I used to deliver pizza here, which is how I know this. When you go into the the main atrium or lobby or whatever, um, it's just this huge, gorgeous, old, like you know, turn of the like nineteenth, twentieth century building, and it just has this incredible reverb, like just natural. Just it just, I loved walking in there, and um, I definitely um, 
managed to hum a few bars of some songs whenever I was delivering pizza, which was probably weirding out the residents or the office workers. But um, I think that would be pretty cool just because, um, I, I mean, it, it might turn out to sound like absolute crap, but um, just hearing how the sound resonated in that space, I'd always, I've always wanted to play the bagpipes in there and do a bagpipe thing because I can just imagine that the drones would just, I mean, they're, they're loud and, and they're, kind of consuming in general but with that natural space and just i think it would be i don't know heavenly so your answer sparked two thoughts um one is a question that i've been asking recently which is being a musician what is the best pizza you've eaten because you're a musician (laughs) um directly related to be me me being a musician is probably um I think it's Caliente's in, in Bloomfield in Pittsburgh. Um, whenever Howler's was open, um, uh, Mama Joe would always get pizza from there, and that was always good. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. And the second thing, I was in um, Central Park in New York, mm. and there is this, like, kind of like an overpass in mm. the park, and there was a guy underneath oh. it singing with no amplification and it was so awesome and that's what i was thinking of when you said walking into the building like you could hear him throughout the park it was so cool oh wow yeah i bet just like that natural yeah just natural i don't know that space that just projects naturally you know what let's why don't you tell me about about your song real quick um out of cream cheese Sure. To be an awesome name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's I. I, It's the the final track on my most recent album, um, The Mayor of Yesterday. It started out. uh, I just like the chord progression, like the main chord progression, and just started building it from there. And um, I think as I was nearing the completion of it, I um, had gotten my first set of electronic bagpipes with the MIDI capability. So I wanted to see what I could do and um, ended up doing the bagpipe track in one take. uh, And I was happy with it. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's not too long, but it's a, it's a fun upbeat tune that um, has some, you know, some fun bagpipe stuff in it and a good beat. And uh, I don't know, that's, it makes me happy. So that's why I chose that one. Um, did the title come from the um, the cream cheese uh, shortage during the pandemic? <laughs> no, but that's uh, very serendipitous. No, the, the title is um, re- revealing my, my dark secrets here. Um, so I, I the, the chord progression actually is from a song that I wrote and recorded um, many years ago, but I always wanted to do more with that progression. And... Um, the one of the lyrics in that song was in and out of cream cheese. And so I titled this one out of cream cheese. So I would remember like where it started. Uh, and that, that's how I title songs. Um, most of the times, so, like I give it something that reminds me later on, like what I, like why I started it or what I was trying to do with it. Cool. So nothing, nothing is <laughs> clever as the pandemic, but it's very, very fortuitous. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a moment. We're going to listen to Out of Cream Cheese by Sixomatic, and we'll be right back with Sean.
So that was Out of Cream Cheese by Sixomatic. Uh, with me is Sean of Sixomatic. Um, we've kept it to three questions times like seven so far. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, so I have a couple more questions for you. And then mm-hmm. uh, we'll have the question that Caleb asked from last episode. And we'll get a question from you for Camry B on the next episode. And then I kind of let you go off into the evening after that. Very good. Yeah. All right. So this is an oldie (laughs) and I started asking it before the pandemic. So it also has nothing to do with the (laughs) pandemic. So let's say there's an apocalyptic event and it wipes out the majority of the humans on earth and all but one song from every musician. Hmm. Which one of your songs should survive and help that handful of people repopulate the earth. <laughs> um, so do, do you mean like which of my songs would get people in the, in the mood to repopulate the earth or just to, to be in the general. You, you, you are allowed to read into that however you wish. <laughs> All right. Um, wow. Uh Actually, it's one that I haven't um, released yet, but um, I'm working on it. And it it really, I think, um, captures what I'm trying to do with the bagpipes really well as far as pushing them beyond the traditional sound and traditional way to play them. And it's called, uh, right now, it's called A a Good Man is Hard to Kilt. Um, So uh, it, it blends... Um, some of the electronic sensibilities that I've developed. It has a lot of bagpipes in it. Um, And it also has like a really spacey middle part and then goes into like a whole new swaggering outro. So um, I'm going to go with that one. So hopefully uh, that'll be available within the next year or two. (laughs) All right. Two more two more and then we'll get your information out there for everyone so they can check you out um who would you say your musical influences are um uh so a lot of my musical influences come from 19 like like the late 90s um so like spiritualized um and by extension the spaceman three um later era blur um the Olivia Tremor Control, um, a big influence, and uh, and Fish, and yeah, that's, those are probably the biggest ones. Um, if you could have written any song that another artist wrote, which one do you wish you would have written? Um. Hmm. Probably, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space by Spiritualized. Um, like that, I, I've listened to that song so many times. Like I, I, I think like part of my soul belongs to it. Like it feels like just listening to it just feels like coming home. And it's just such a relatively simple but gorgeous and emotional piece. That um, man, that would have been pretty awesome to write that. I, I almost forgot, and I told you to remind me. Um, so I have Caleb um, from last episode, episode five, Caleb Strauss, 
who mm-hmm. is a producer, the head of a small record label. Um, he's in me- multiple bands. Um, he's making a movie. He had a question for you. I've always had this real crazy fascination with bagpipes, actually. <laughs> Ever since I heard Shoots and Ladders by Corn <laughs> on the very first Corn album. Uh, opens with bagpipes. And, you know, when I first heard that, I think a lot of people actually thought this. When I very first heard that, I actually thought it was sampled. And then I found out, no, Jonathan Davis actually plays them. So what I've always wondered about bagpipes is the tones um, linger so long. Is that actual breath control? Or does that is there something inherent in the instrument that makes the notes go that long? That's my question. Um. It, it's kind of both because um, it, it is a well. It's not a breath control thing. Um, so with the bagpipes, how how the Scottish bagpipes work, the ones that I play and the ones that you usually see in, in um, parades, there are four pipes that make noise, and then one that you blow air into. That's the blow stick, and so you blow air into the bag, and then the bag is um, theoretically airtight, except for these four other pipes that have reeds in them that make noise um so three of them are called drones and they do just that they drone it's uh, one tone continuously two of them are the same one of them is an octave lower um and then the the fourth pipe is the one that you hold in the hands that's called the chanter and that's where the melody comes from and so in order to play them um you have to have a in order to play them well you have to have a constant air pressure um so that the the tone doesn't fluctuate or waver and i mean it's most obvious in the in the drones if you if you have a newer or less experienced piper you'll hear the drones kind of go um and that's because of their breathing or either breath control or like how they're squeezing the bag so um in line with that um the, the chanter also has that same air pressure demand. And um, so it is constantly playing and you can't shut it off without affecting the other three pipes. So the, the chanter, which plays the melody notes um, is always on basically. So that's why the notes linger because there's no, um, there's no off. You can't make it, you can't make the notes quieter. You can't, I mean, you can, in theory, some of the really good bagpipe players can, you know, shut off the chanter for a couple notes or something like that and not affect the tone. But basically, in, in general, um, you can't play the bagpipes and like start and stop like that. So it, it it's a little bit of both. And that's why the notes are always on. And that's why it's always loud. I love when people ask, can you play that any quieter? I'm like, no, <laughs> not at all. 90 decibels are bust. So. <laughs> So I actually right now in science um, class um, teaching about um, kinetic energy and air pressure. And, and so as you're explaining this, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, you're putting pressure air in, creating more pressure, which is forcing the air out. And mm-hmm. yep. but that's not at all what I was expecting <laughs> to hear. Um, <laughs> but all right. So I gave you the assignment of checking out Camry B and coming up mm-hmm. with a question for her. Uh, what did you come up with? Um, so I, I was one. I was really curious. I, I, I heard her refer to herself as um, as an art, like as an artist, not just like a musician or whatever. And um, I was really, I'm really curious what 
sparks that creative fire in her. So, because I really like the creative process in general, and I'm curious for her if it's um, if it stems from you know uh, a beat or a melody or a lyric, or if she just you know just has the whole song in her head and it just comes out like that. Um, so, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Cool. All right. Last two questions for you. One, what do you have coming up next that you'd like to promote on the show? Um, not sure. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> not not much. Um, I, I my wife just gave birth um, almost three months ago, so oh, congratulations! We're, we're, thank you. We're still in newborn phase. Um, I, I will say that uh, I, I am working out how to. I, so if if you listen to the album or anything that I've done, um, it's 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 not something that one person could do on stage, and maybe not even something two or three people could do. Um, so I and I don't want to limit what I create with that mindset. Like, is oh, I need to be able to play this on stage, but I want to be able to. So I'm working on translating the 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 general gist of what I'm doing um, in creating music to something that I can do on stage. So I'm hoping in the next year or so to be able to start um, playing out a little bit more and, um, you know, doing some more experimental stuff in a live setting. So hopefully that will be something that people can stay tuned for. Okay. And if someone wanted to get a hold of your music or to hire you to play the bagpipes, um, how can they get a hold of you? Um. So uh, sixomatic.com or sixomatic.bandcamp.com um, are, are my websites. Um, and then, of, of course, um, I'm on like Spotify and iTunes and the other stuff. So if you want to listen, um, you go there. I have uh, The Mayor of Yesterday um, and Aging, which was my previous album, which is a, an all ambient album. Um, and then... Uh, the Plague of Wealth was the first full-length album I have, and then A Hundred Thousand Fireflies, um, which you can hear on um, on on your radio station sometimes, and mm-hmm. then another single. Uh, and then, if you are interested in you know the kilt and the bagpipes and that whole thing, then you can go to seanodonnellbagpiper.com. Very cool, Sean. I want to thank you for hanging out with me for a little bit tonight. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, for those of you that are uh, tuned in and listening, um, if you're listening on one of the radio stations, don't go anywhere because you're about to hear some more unsigned and independent music. And uh, you never know, you might find your next favorite musician. Um, And, uh, you know, they're supporting what I do, and it'd be awesome if you would support them as well. Um, Sean, um, when you start, when you you get some more music out, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, Absolutely. You know, the... The rock stuff we can do PA rock show stuff with, or mm-hmm. um, like electronica or anything else, we can do some more three questions in the song with. Cool. And uh, who knows? Maybe by then I'll be doing fifty questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All, All right. right, thanks, Bill. You're welcome. And uh, for those of you that are not familiar with the show and what the other shows are, this is three questions in the song. It gets released on the first and fifteenth of the month. We also have the Pennsylvania Rock Show, which gets released on every Friday. And then once a month, you can find First Angel Media's John Ali Machika and I on xrpradio.co.uk doing a live show with Tiz Shear and ALC. Um, 
and we do kind of a battle of the bands with uh, songs from this area of Western Pennsylvania versus their playlist in Europe. And uh, there's a chat chat box and they discuss what they like from each song. And it's, it's really cool and laid back and we harass each other and it's fun. So you should check that out. Uh, my name is Bill. This has been episode number 76 to three questions in a song. I will catch you next time. This episode of Three Questions of a Song has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more on-site music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.